Hello, this is Catherine Lorimer, um, and this is the next podcast in my Wellbeing Journey podcast, and it's entitled I Don't Remember That. And this is basically having a look at how things um, that you uh, experience affect you, and how if you don't actually remember them happening, um, they don't really affect you, which I suppose actually is logical sense. But so, one icy Saturday morning, I crashed my car um, on the way to Tender Horse. I was on a main road and there was a patch of black ice, which I didn't see. My car span out of control, narrowly missing another car, before heading towards a hedge and into a field. I remember thinking as I hit the hedge, I'm going to crash, but I'm going to be okay. My memory switched off at that point and when I came round, I was hanging from the top of the car, my seatbelt holding me in position, without thinking... I took my seat off and landed on the dog that was scrabbling around underneath. I then opened the driver's door, a bit like a submarine hatch, lifted the dog out, climbed out myself, and then both myself and the dog got into an ambulance with a pregnant woman in it who just happened to be passing at the time. The police arrived, and as I was sitting in the police car, we saw two other cars spin at the same spot, and I asked the policeman if they were coming to... regret the road just in case somebody else got injured. When I went to the garage later on to recover my things, the woman could not believe that I'd walked out of the crash unharmed. She said, do you want to see the car? And she showed me the car, and the only panel that was not dented was the roof. My brain had prevented me from getting... Uh, for, to remembering everything it had kind of switched off in the memory function as a self-defense mechanism so i don't have any memory of the crash apart from up until going through the hedge consequently because i don't remember it i don't think about it at all and it doesn't really bother me although in actual fact i probably could have actually easily died that day especially if i hadn't been wearing a seatbelt. the things that we do think about the things that do affect us the most are the things that we can remember This time of the year always reminds me of starting college. I made two really good friends when I was there, one of whom is still my best friend to this day. The other one, unfortunately, I no longer see. She had been through trauma. She had been raped when she was younger, but she did not recognise it at the time for what it was. Or maybe she did, but she didn't want to admit it. I wish I'd listened to her more and encouraged her to do something about it sooner, as it must have constantly played on her mind. For several years after we last spoke to each other, I got a telephone call from a police officer asking if I would provide a statement about what she told me about the rape, which I did. It had clearly been on her mind for some time and must have affected her so greatly for all of those years, but she was only ready to talk about it years after it actually happened, probably because the pain didn't hurt quite as much. The guy admitted it and he was convicted and the whole thing had affected her and it must have affected her relationship with her partner at the time, for I know they'd split up um, not long after it had happened. So years later, I find myself thinking about her and what she went through, and I feel ready to talk about some of my disastrous relationships and things that have happened to me which have affected me. I was at college, and I met this guy at a club, which is never really a good place to meet anyone. In fact, now I wouldn't go out with anybody that I didn't actually know something about. Anyway, and in fact, I married my friend's brother. So I had been going out with this guy for a couple of months and I really wasn't sure about him. So I decided I'd had enough and I wanted to end it. But for some reason, 
and I really can't remember why. My friend's sister's pogo stick was at the guy's house. So instead of ending it at the nightclub and then swiftly making a cool sharp hop exit, my friend insisted that we go back and get the pogo stick. In hindsight, now I'd have just bought her sister a new one. So off we went to get the pogo stick. I told the guy it was over and he really wasn't very happy with that at all. In fact, he went absolutely mental. My best friend got outside his house. I tried to do the same, at which time he picked me up and physically threw me through the air and along the corridor, and I ended up in a heap near the bathroom, I think. Fortunately, I just ended up with a carpet burn and no serious injuries, as equestrians are quite tough, really. His friend got hold of him and told him to calm down, distracting him, so we're able to leg it out of there and into my mini, and off I went with my best friend, and of course the pogo stick. I wouldn't do that again, and I wouldn't recommend anyone doing that again. Always finish with somebody in a neutral location. And I wouldn't particularly recommend ending a relationship with a farmer, three fields from the farmhouse, and then let him give you a ride back in this tractor. To say it was a bumpy ride was an understatement. My next disastrous relationship started in a pub called The Frog. I should have known that my prince would turn out to be a frog, but as Kermit the Frog is one of my heroes, it's probably an insult to frogs. Maybe a lame duck would be a better comparison. He came over and asked me to sing a duet with him at karaoke. I don't recall what we sang. Actually, I do recall what we sang. I just don't want to associate the song with his this story. He had a really good voice and he was a musician. I was a bit rubbish. Anyway, the relationship was going swimmingly until about month three, when we were heading to my cousin's birthday in Surrey. He said he would borrow his granddad's car and drive us down in that. So my parents went off the day before we were due to arrive, and he picked up his granddad's car, and then the police knocked on the door at 2am that morning. It turns out he'd actually stolen the car from his friend, and he was a convicted car thief. I was happy to say adios at this stage. But mother really liked him and was a youth and outreach worker. So she stepped in, offered him a home and support. And consequently, I lost money from my bank account, a computer which he sold, my prized possession, a Cliff Richard four-set picture album set. Mum had bought us a house to live in with a few people, also renting rooms. And when she found him in bed with someone else, and then I caught him kissing someone in a nightclub when we were supposed to be out together... I decided to call it a day. I have to add, I did chuck a whole pint over both of them and more than likely slapped him across the face as well. He decided to smash up the car we had loaned him and he let lots of other people in the house and they destroyed it, even the stairs. They took the boiler. I'll never forget being grilled by the barrister as we had to go down the legal route to get them out. My dad had to rebuild it all. We had students in after that and they just made a mess. Both the relationships really affected me. To have gone through all of that at such a young age, or before I'd even graduated university, I was understandably scarred by all of it, and I think that's meant I've always looked for the safe route in relationships. Because after that, I went out with a friend of my best friend's, my uncle's friend, and as I said at the beginning, I married my friend's brother. Maybe too scared to go down the whole stranger route.